0: Back, students. Let's talk today about Homer's Odyssey, Book 12 and Book 13. Yesterday, we talked about getting out of the underworld and the three people who are being punished for all time Titius, Titius, Tantalus, and eh, for whom who is always tantalized, and also what was the name of that other guy who pushes up a rock for all time? And we said that that's sort of like being immortal and talked about Friedrich Nietzsche a little bit. Yes, Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Yes, and so a Sisyphean task is one that is never what? Never what? Indeed, very good. Ha ha ha. Never yawning in any case. Yes, we then went back to Iaia. Who is it that we, uh, of course, buried there so that he does not haunt us forever? Um, yes. Elpinor. Elpinor. So we put him in the ground. Good. We talked to Cersei then and we planned. Which three places do we now need to go? Which are the most dangerous places that we need to go, even though we have seen the Lysirganes who killed eleven twelfths of our companions? Yes? Um, sirens. The sirens. <laughs> Scary. Where else? Um, the, the, ro- roving rocks. the roving rocks, otherwise known as the rovers. Which two horrific creatures come from above and below in the roving rocks? Uh, Skilla, and cuff, co- rib, disc. Somebody tell me how many people Skilla kills if she gets her dragon-like neck into, if she gets her fish-hook-like teeth into. Yes? Six. Six at least six. If you dawdle, what will she then do? She will get another six people. All she has to do is crunch them up, eat them alive, and <laughs> and then uh, come back for more. And apparently she has an insatiable appetite. Who can recall who it was who gave malignant drugs to Scylla because she loved the same man Glaucus as Scylla, turning her into the horrific monster with a belt of yelping dogs that she currently is? Yes? Cersei! Oh, Cersei! So Cersei knows Scylla pretty well. And Scylla now hides her ugly face because she is so horrifying. And I don't mean to be judgmental there, but I have showed you some pictures of her. She's like an evil super dragon with three rows of teeth that will tear, you know, you to shreds. So mm, yeah, perhaps we are right to judge Scylla. In any case, Charybdis! Two things Charybdis could be. What are those two things Charybdis could be? Either a blank or a blank that produces a blank. Yes? Over. A whirlpool or a monster, that a, whirlpool. a monster that produces a whirlpool. Which one's scarier to you? Uh maybe. Maybe. Which one seems scarier? I think a monster that produces a whirlpool. Why? Because can you even see it then? And is a threat that you can see scarier or a threat that you cannot see scarier? when you know it is present. Tell me this. Any of you ever seen a horror movie? When is the scarier moment? When you can see the monster, or the moments before you can see the monster but you know it's there? The moment before. The moment before, right? In fact, perhaps the second you see the monster, you become less scared, because then it has defined limits, and it's and you become less subject to your own what? imagination and so what is the scariest thing in the world as far as you are concerned your own imagination and there are ideas that in old initiation rituals including the old Eleusinian mysteries what they would do is take young men and lock them in a cave cave has a lot of lights or no light so what can't you tell is happening time passing so what could be inside there with you anything anything could be in there and your imagination You know about you at night, even in your wonderful home, but your closet door is slightly cracked open, and there's that space underneath your bed. Couldn't, even if there's nothing there, does your imagination make something utterly terrifying be there? Yes. Yes. And so the scariest thing in the world isn't even something in the world. Or rather, it's not something outside of you, but rather, where? Inside of you. Very, 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 very interesting. All right, so we talked about the sirens yesterday, and we heard their song, and they offer Odysseus. What is it that they offer to Odysseus? Knowledge of what exactly? Yes, everything. And as an explorer, what does he want in any case? The knowledge of everything. explorers want to learn. And so that's why they explore around. I mean, think about what the job explorer is. Not that that's necessarily a job anymore. You, like, go to places that are undiscovered, risk your life, and then come back and tell people what you did, right? It's like, yeah, 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 pretty interesting. So we also went by the roving rocks. We chose to go by which one of them, Scylla or Charybdis? Scylla. Wise or unwise decision as a leader? Why do you feel like wise? Because... It, I think if I want to lose six men?: lose all. Precisely. Very responsible decision. Even though he is going to suffer some pain, even though he is going to lose men, even though he did not tell those men that they would lose their lives, he is going to spare the rest of his men rather than risking the lives of all of them. Even though it is a terrible decision, a difficult decision. Is it the right decision? And so this is a model for your lives, too. yes? because in your lives will you have to make hard choices between bad and worse the easy choices are between what and what good and bad i'm not saying that everybody doesn't i'm not saying necessarily that everybody knows good but is it much easier to recognize the difference between good and bad rather than bad and worse absolutely absolutely and yet in this life sometimes you are put in difficult decisions and you still must make a what choice. a choice that's right you have to move forward so, let's get to Threnikia and the cattle of the sun. A storm approaches. We're on the water. A storm is coming. We talked about this some yesterday. I don't even like being on the 15 highway. When there's a storm going on amongst my fellow california drivers who are known for being excellent at driving in the rain or very poor at driving in the rain very poor, very poor of course because due to lack of lack of experience except for over the last seven weeks or so that said you're on the water a storm comes what gets much larger and scarier and capable of killing you yes the waves if you ever watch interstellar any of you ever seen the movie interstellar Oh my goodness, at one point, what do you see that is possibly the most terrifying thing you see the entire movie, yes? You see a wave in the distance that you think is a mountain. And then, if you ever watch this movie, there's a high-gravity planet. The wave looks like it's something like 200 feet tall. And now, I don't know how high waves can get. I'd like to look at that in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, or rather, in this case, it would be in the middle of of the Aegean Sea, but I imagine those waves are a lot bigger when it's raining and stormy than when it's pleasant and calm. And So storms to ships, especially at this time when they did not have Doppler radar to tell them when they were coming, were very dangerous, often killed people, and so the storm approaches. And the men choose to land on Therenecia rather than to risk it. It will be their doom. So, as they pass the Isle of the Sun, Odysseus hears the cattle. He hears them lolling and mooing. He advises his men, based on not only the advice of Tiresias not to go there, but also Circe, a prophet who knows all things, as well as a god who is in, who works in the service of Odysseus, who is sworn to uh, fealty, not fealty, but sworn not to unman him. Swarm to help him. She becomes sort of a friend to Odysseus. Later on, I will tell you that she actually has a child by him. You will not see that child in the Odyssey. That child will figure fairly prominently in the story of after the Odyssey. Well, who is it again who, when the storm is coming, says, Odysseus, we just can't make it all the way home. You are a hard man. You are inhuman. We need to come and land on this island, this Theranicaea. Who is it that again speaks against Odysseus? This is, I believe, the third time. First time is on Circe's isle, yes. It is Eurylochus, his brother-in-law. In In fact, let's open our books to book 12, lines 279 to 292. Let's see what this Eurylochus has to say. This Eurylochus, who already had his head spared and not cut off in a Dolon-like way. Ah, yes. And this is on page 192 in the Lattimore. I'll start at 2.6. Now, when we had fled away from the rocks and the dreaded Charybdis and Scylla, next we made our way to the excellent island of the god, where ranged the handsome, wide-browed oxen, and many fat flocks of sheep belonging to the sun god, Hyperion. Who is that sun god, actually? That is one of his names. Yes. Apollo, Hyperion was the titan god of the sky, his son was the titan god Helios of the sun, which Olympian god replaced both of them and became god of the sun, all-seeing god of the sun, Apollo. yes, Apollo, very good, who is technically the god of the sky in, for the Olympians, yes? yes, it is Zeus, very good, and so there's another father and son relationship there, because the sun, of course, exists in the one, yeah. the sky, very good, very good, very good, very good, yes. Was the Titans ever actually worshipped, or was that just part of the mythology? That's an excellent question. That's a brilliant question, sir. Were the Titans ever actually worshipped, or were they part of the mythology? I would say, I think, and I'll have to look this up for you, that that they are simply part of the mythology showing the cascading of the generations and how things become more sophisticated over time, because the Titans are more representative of natural forces, whereas the Olympians are representative of the cultivation of natural forces. So rather than Gaia, Earth, you have Demeter, goddess of the harvest of the Earth. So the Olympians represent how humans use the Earth to their what? Advantage. exactly so. So the application of consciousness to that which is natural seems to be what the Olympians represent. So that was a brilliant question. Very good, very good, very good, very good. Continuing to read. While I was on the black ship, still out on the open water, I heard the lowing of the cattle. (coughs) as they were driven home in the bleeding of sheep, and my mind was struck by the saying of the blind prophet Tiresias the Theban, and also I I and Circe, both had told me many times over to avoid the island of Helios, who brings joy to mortals. Then, sorrowful as I was, I spoke and told my companions, Listen to what I say, my companions. Though you are suffering evils, while I tell you the prophecies of Tiresias, and I, I, and Circe both have told me many times over To avoid the island of Helios who brings joy to mortals For there they spoke of the most dreadful disaster that waited for us Strong words So drive the black ship onward and pass the island So I spoke And the inward heart in them was broken At once Eurylochus answered me with a bitter saying, you are a hard man, Odysseus. Your force is greater, your limbs never wear out. You must be made all of iron. When you will not let your companions worn with hard work and wanting sleep, set foot on this land where if we did on the sea-girt island, we could once more make ready a greedy dinner. But you force us who blunder along just as we are through the running night, driven from island over the misty face of the water. In the nights, the hard storm winds arise, and they bring damage to ships. How could any of us escape sheer destruction? Suddenly, there rises the blast of a storm from the bitter blowing of the south wind or the west wind, who, beyond others, hammer a ship apart in spite of the gods, our masters. Mate, but now, let us give way to the black night's persuasion. Let us make ready our evening meal Remaining close by our fast ship, and at dawn we will go aboard and put forth on to the wide sea. So spoke Eurylochus, and my other companions assented. I saw then what evil the divinity had in mind for us. And so I spoke aloud to him and addressed him in winged words, Eurylochus, I am only one man. You force me to it. Notice all this language of force here. I Force, force, force. Is anybody forcing anybody to do anything? No, each man is making his own what? Choices. Choices. Exactly. Precisely. In fact, we still speak this way. When somebody does something that annoys us so much that we lash out at them, we say, you what? Me do it. You made me do it. You forced my hand. Is that literally true? Of course not. Of course not. Unless somebody's actually holding your hand and saying, "Why why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? All right. But come then, all of you, swear a strong oath to me, that if we come upon some herd of cattle or some great flock of sheep, no one of you in evil and reckless action will slaughter any ox or sheep. No, rather than this, eat at your pleasure of the food a mortal Circe provided. So I spoke, and they all swore me the oath I asked them. All right. Eurylochus, you are a hard man, Odysseus, made of iron. Your limbs, they never tire. Is Are any of these statements actually true? No. Odysseus is not made of iron. He is made of flesh and blood. He is a what, just like Eurylochus and all of his companions? Man. A man. Why is it, though, that he wants to go by this island? A, because he knows that if he goes there, most likely he will, or his men will, what? Die. What is it that Odysseus is capable of doing, that all humans are capable of doing, that these men do not want to do because they are tired and hungry? Not just thinking. He is good at persevering. He is good at overcoming his own tiredness and hunger to get to a greater goal. You are all familiar with the marshmallow test, the so-called marshmallow test. Well, the marshmallow test is this: you put a Marshmallow in front of a very young human. You give them no toys or anything to occupy their attention around them. So what is it that occupies their attention for the entire time they're supposed to wait for 15 whole minutes? The marshmallow. The marshmallow. They're just sitting and looking at it. And that marshmallow after one minute, you're like, I, I can wait for the second one in 15. But then sitting around and doing nothing is pretty what? So eventually, that marshmallow starts looking water and water, Better and better. better, better. Odysseus' men... They're the sort of people who fail the marshmallow test or succeed in the marshmallow test. Do they get the second marshmallow or do they eat up the first one? Eat up the first one. And let's actually see how this happens because that I would say that experiment is clearly based on this story here. So the men land. Their idea was this: land on the island. When will they leave the island? The very next what? Very next day. Right. They have a simplistic idea of the solution. But what is it that we know about Menelaus and him being stranded on Pharos? And what is it that we know about uh, the Achaeans and when they landed on Alice or when they wished to leave from Alice? What sometimes happens that keeps you from being able to sail away from a place? The winds do what? They turn against you. You don't know when they'll turn back because you don't have access to Doppler radar and meteorological facts in the same way that we do. so what happens is the men get stranded not for a day but for a month very dangerous situation because if they eat the cattle of the sun what will for sure happen to them they will die that's pretty scary to know that if you eat some food you'll die and when you're not hungry it's pretty easy not to eat that food. in fact there's a Simpsons about this where Homer Simpson sells his soul for a donut. But then he thinks he's clever. He's like, I'll just not eat the whole donuts." But then he wakes up in the middle of the night. He's known to be a little bit gluttonous. That means he likes to overeat. What looks so tasty to him, that sitting in his refrigerator, that little piece of donut still left to him. When you get hungry, does that weaken your self-restraint? Yes, yes. even to your own disadvantage yes any of you ever tried to stick to a diet before and the second something very very tasty got put in front of you diets over start again tomorrow anybody that's for sure or true of mr Schmidt. absolutely absolutely all right so the food runs out bad situation food runs out you start to what start to, start to what starve yes your self-restraint starts to what? Weaken. Weaken. All of a sudden, those dangerous cattle don't so much look at like portents of death. They look far more like tasty what's. Euros for Greeks, but burgers for us. And even though the men fish, they start to starve. Yes. Is there any other type of animal or is it only cattle? Apparently just those cattle. If this were an easy situation, we'd get past it without story. All right. So the men they swear to Odysseus they will not eat the cattle. Line three or four or so. Eventually, Odysseus though, mm, another one of these situations. Whenever Odysseus is not with his men, do they get into trouble? Lotus eaters. Do the men go off by themselves and get into trouble? Circe's Isle. Do the men go off by themselves and get into trouble? Icteronays. Do the men go off by themselves and get into trouble? Fag yes. of winds. Does Odysseus fall asleep and the men get into trouble? Yes. Apparently, Odysseus is the only person capable of what. Um, thinking and making his own good decisions even while under duress it is supposedly since thinking is the ultimate capacity of man supposedly that is the first capacity that you what when you start to physically degenerate or become hungry you lose right right your capacity to rationally think well everything has to be perfect for it I mean even look at this classroom we give you a nice fairly comfortable not too comfortable seat so you don't what fall asleep right in a nice air-conditioned room and you dress in comfortable clothing and you sit and you don't stand because we want to give you the optimal conditions for running. learning thinking and we give you nutritional breaks and regular intervals to use the restroom and eat so that you can actually what think slash what's that other word we use it starts with an f it means thinking focus. focus focus very good focus so that you can actually focus because that's a very difficult thing to do in any case Eurylochus, as we said, convinced the men to eat the cattle. And, oh, now he does something terrible. The men have made a promise, sworn an oath to Odysseus. But they're getting hungry. Do you think it gets easier or harder to maintain your word when you get hungry? Much harder, of course. And so who is it again? Now this is the third time he has disobeyed slash done something against the will Of Odysseus. Recall Eurylochus was the man man who led the men in one of two teams after the Lystragones destroyed eleven of the twelve ships of Odysseus toward Ai and Circe. Lost all his men, they were all turned to pigs. Came back to Odysseus, blamed Odysseus and his recklessness. Odysseus thought about cutting off his what? Head, Head, just like Diomedes with whom? Book 10. Dolon of the Iliad. Yes. Well, now Eurylochus makes a very persuasive speech. He reminds me very much of which character from the Iliad who knew many words but spoke in a disordered manner trying to splinter people rather than to unite them? Societies. And this is his argument. He says, men, 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 men. I do not know whether it is actually true that we will die if we eat these cattle. But I can tell you this. Of all the ways to die in this world, the worst is to die by starvation and hunger. We'll actually learn about somebody who, in order to avoid dying by hunger, eats his own children next year in the ninth circle of the inferno. And his grandchildren. They die by hunger. That will will be when we get right to the bottom of the inferno. Yes they ask for him to eat them so I don't know that he kills them I think they die of hunger they don't last as long as he does which is a very and then there were none sort of situation Really, he says even if a god is going to kill us wouldn't you prefer to die on the sea with a full belly rather than to die here on this island makes a lot of sense only problem is what with that reasoning are those the only two options? Die on the sea or die on this land? What's the third option that he does not consider at all because he's so hungry? Okay. If you don't eat the cattle and then you don't starve then you will make it home and so he presents he presents the case as it is or as it is not, as it is not. and so if People are making choices between two wrong decisions. What kind of decision are they going to make? A wrong decision, by definition. Well, he even says this, and this makes a lot of sense. He says, we just sacrifice to Apollo later. Is that how sacrifice works? Do you make sacrifice later or before you get something? Before. And even then, Apollo would not have accepted it. You cannot assume the favor of the gods. In any case... They slaughter the oxen while Odysseus has gone up a hill to pray He has again fallen asleep. Anytime he falls asleep, his men get into what? Trouble. Trouble. It's almost like anytime your mind falls asleep, you're likely to get into what? Trouble. It's like you got to wake up. Well, Helios Hyperion, Apollo, is told by his attendant servant Lampicia, Lampitia what has happened. He goes to Zeus and says, if you do not punish these mortals, and send them down to Hades, down to Davy Jones' locker, send a storm to destroy them. I will take the sun and I will light up the dead and I will never return it to the earth. Does Zeus need Apollo to take the sun across the course of the sky every single day to maintain the natural order of the universe? Yes. What is Zeus for sure going to do to make sure that Apollo stays happy here? Yes. Yes. destroy these unrighteous men yes and so mm, mm, mm. one creepy thing that happens after Zeus ascends does anybody recall what happens to the cooked meat that is being boiled at that time the skins of the cattle start to move and even the boiling meat starts to low and to groan. The food itself, imagine a steak on your plate or a cattle head starting to go moo. Be a little disgusting, be a little creepy, be a little scary. If you were to see your dead cow food start to moo at you, what could you be certain was probably going to happen pretty soon? You're probably going to die. That's probably a portent of your own death. Very creepy moment there. Hmm. 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 Well in any case, what happens? Odysseus returns, his men have eaten the food. They are doomed. The winds stop. They get on the water with their final ship. Zeus sends a storm. The storm destroys the ship, kills all the men. Only person to survive is whom? Odysseus. And I believe it is nine days that he's that he on a, again on like a piece of driftwood has to ride towards Calypso's island, Ogygia. but before he gets there does anybody recall what he sails back by not sails but rather drifts back by? Something horrifying, yes? Yes? Ah uh, yes, he's again sent backwards He drifts by Scylla and Charybdis, but this time, he's not so close to Scylla. He's actually close to which one? Charybdis. And he's actually close to Charybdis while Charybdis starts to what? Form a whirlpool. whirlpool. He has to hang on to a what in order to avoid being sucked down to the bottom of the ocean or the sea. A tree. tree. Do you know what sort of tree? It is the same sort of tree. That Polyphemus' staff was made of, that, was used, that had a splinter of which used to stab him in the eye. Yes? It is an olive tree. Again, an olive tree. It's almost like if an olive tree is the symbol of Athena, and Athena is the symbol of wisdom, what saves Odysseus? Wisdom. Wisdom. And he does drift by Scylla too. I just want you to imagine have you ever played hide and seek? And the person who you were hiding from? enters the room or the space you're in, and you can sense them, and you hold your breath. And what happens to the hair on the back of your neck? It stands up, it's called piloerection. I just want you to think about this. You're drifting by Skilla. You've seen six of your men pulled up and eaten alive while they screamed your name by Skilla. You're staring, and you're moving so slowly. How do you feel in this moment? Utterly what? Terrified. Terrified? Are you even breathing? Do you need to possibly use the restroom in this moment? Has anybody ever played hide and seek in the second that they get a good hiding space they have to use the restroom? Yes, isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? I know, it's all I think it's a fear response, and he'll have to look it up, but it is funny. In any case, he drifts by. Does anybody know how he gets by Skilla without Skilla snapping him up and tearing him into six pieces? The god turned her attention away from him. Was it Athena? Was it Zeus? Was she just not hungry that day? I don't know. Did he get pretty lucky, though? Yes. Do the gods help Odysseus out? And Good thing he doesn't make the same mistake of Ias the Lesser and claim that he did it all on his own. That could lead to his own destruction. In any case, Odysseus finishes his story to the fire camps. His story is done. He makes it to calypso's island as we know and then spends seven years there and that's how he eventually comes to be on scoria where he is now Alcinous, king of the phykeans tells odysseus they will send him home now finally well odysseus wishes Alcinous and arate joy comfort cheer and happiness very pleasant very good salutation right if you were going to wish something for somebody Do you imagine that joy, comfort, cheer, and happiness would be amongst the top things that you could offer to someone or wish for someone? Yes? Yes, of course. The ship is loaded with Odysseus and his gifts. And as Odysseus boards, book 13, lines 75 to 93, he becomes very weary and again falls asleep. Who while asleep was oblivious to all he had suffered, which means When is the only time that man is not subject to suffering? Or when he's dead. Very good. And that's where we'll end for today. Quiz tomorrow.